here. Welcome to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. I am your host, Anthony Cavaretta, and joined alongside me tonight in a little bit of a shakeup is just here is just Ryan Kraut here. Ryan, how are we doing? Good, good. How are you? Good. We're going to go in, first of all, before we get into our normal segments, there was a few interesting news pieces over the weekend. First was the Hockey Hall of Fame ceremony was um, this past weekend. Yes, it was. It was a very, very good class that got very inducted good. into Toronto this weekend. Very good. You had um, Martin Bro- Martin Brodeur. You had Marty St. Louis. You had Alexander Yavshev, who was one of the main players, which a lot of people don't know who he is because then you're starting to get into the names that weren't that major. He was one of the main players in the Soviet Union that I, be- I believe he was in, he, w- he was a player in the Soviet Union and he was one of the main people who defected over to the to the um, NHL. I it's actually his third Hall of Fame induction. He's in the Russian Hockey Hall of Fame, which he was inducted to in 1970, and he's in the International Ice Hockey Federation Hall of Fame, which he was inducted to in 2003. So Obviously, like we may not know a lot about him, but obviously he was an amazing player if he's in three yeah, he's, Hockey Hall of Fames. I believe they put him in with the, the category of just international building of the team. You have uh, Jenna Hefford, who was one of the major components in the USA's many world um, Olympic gold medals. So she well-deserved. And a uh, little one that is, you would think is confusing. A lot of people were upset when this was announced. Gary Bettman was put in. Yeah, don't quite. I I understand it because he is the he's the commissioner. He is the commissioner, but he hasn't necessarily done personally. I don't feel like he's necessarily done a lot of good recently. But I feel like I understand why he's in it. Uh, a lot of people will. Well, the thing is, is with Gary Bettman, he he was originally an NBA guy. He worked for the NBA. I did not know that. And he he helped build back the NBA's credibility. And so he, when he came to do it in the NHL, he did the same thing, and he was able to get it. And he was he. Everybody says, "Oh, he he was big on on uh, expansion," and he still is. You know that's why Seattle's coming in in a few years, and we had Vegas and we had Atlanta, so you had all this, and he he helped build the sport in the United States. That, and that's why you now see, I understand. Now you understand. More. Like I didn't know he personally yeah. did a lot. All I knew was that he was not very well liked. No, he's not very well liked because. But then again, the commissioner of most leagues is not very yeah. well liked. And the last guy is Willie O'Ree, which I, if anybody in hockey circle, anybody who listens to the show, knows anything about Willie O'Ree, he's Jackie Robinson he's, for the world. He's the Jackie Robinson. Of so hockey. he, well overdue. Now the funny thing was is. They asked every inductee, what was your favorite moment that gave, what was the hockey-related moment that still gives you goosebumps in your career? And Martin, Martin Brodeur's, I think, is obvious. Tate blocked it on back. Barker kept it. Shot one. Blocked down in front. Oh, and a pad stop made by Brodeur. Cleared back along, not out. One more by Barker. Blocked. And Martin Brodeur's the winningest goaltender in the NHL. In the 92-year history of the National Hockey League, no one has won more games than Marty Brodeur. Now, that was not his favorite moment. His favorite moment was winning the Cup in 95, which is his first Cup. That is the entire reason Marty Brodeur is in the Hall of Fame. That among... Many, many, many other accolades. But no, he is the winningest goaltender 
of all time. He has 691 wins, and he has he, he has the most games played with 1,266. He's tied for eighth in goals against average with 2.24, and he is the has the most shutouts by an NHL goaltender. And his wins total, which a lot of hockey players and hockey fans know the name Patrick Waugh, and rightfully so, he has 140 more wins than Patrick Waugh did. Yeah, So, and Patrick Waugh, he's already a Hall of Famer, I believe. He is. So the fact that he got in before Brodeur did is, to me, it's a little weird, but Brodeur finally gets his place in the Hall of Fame with greats, and it's a well-deserved, even as a Ranger fan, where... When you hear the name Marty Brodeur, it's just like, oh, it's Brodeur? Like PTSD kind of thing. Yeah, PTSD to like when, you know, twenty, especially like 2012 when the Devils beat the Rangers and, then, you know, Brodeur, was, that was his last real chance to get a cup. And they put up a fight. No one expected them to make it as, oh, yeah. as the sixth seed. No one expected them to make it. I certainly didn't. Yeah, and then they would end up losing in the final to the Kings. But, you know, that was the last hurrah for for Martin Brodeur, Marty Brodeur. And, you know, this his stuff, as, as, in a, as a New Jersey Devils goaltender, the legends you hear with him in as a Rangers fan or as an Islander fan, you know, the stuff he did with Sean Avery in the early, two, in the mid-2000s. Avery waving the stick in front of his face creating and everything. The rule. Brodeur has his own rule in the NHL rulebook. Does he? He does. I did not hear about this. No, Mar- Martin Brodeur has his own rule. It's the Brodeur rule, and it is... The rule is, I don't know the exact terminology for it, but it basically means you can't stick handle the puck well behind your own goal. He would deke guys in the, as he had the puck in the back. In the, uh, this, I think this is before the, uh, um, I think it was a parallelogram in the back. Oh, the trapezoid? Trapezoid, that's what it is. And before the trapezoid in the back, he would stick handle the puck. I can see that. And he would, he would like make defenders, he would deke defenders out of their shorts and they had to create the rule that you can't play it for a certain amount of time. Just based on that alone, you should be in the Hall of Fame if you have a rule named after you because you were just too good stick handling as a goalie yeah. that you physic- that everyone just says, all right, enough, can't do it anymore. Sorry. Not even that. He's also the only goaltender to score a goal in a regular season game and a playoff game in the same season. He has 47, at least regular season points. 47. That's a there are a lot of NHL players that don't get to 47 points. Most of them don't even get to close to the games that he plays. It's it's insane. He has 47 regular season points and 13 playoff points. Yeah. And people will be able, and you know you look at the 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 I don't think anybody's going to get numbers like Brodeur did. Oh, never again. Especially not with all the changes they're trying to make to the goaltenders, yeah, shortening the, the pads with making, the chest protectors, yeah, less and, equipment. You know, and the only the only player I think that's close to him in wins is Luanga, who is you know he's forty now. So and, and he's have at least had a he hard concu- time staying on the ice recently. Issue. He has a concussion issue, and he's just injured. And you know, it, what you got three more years of if he's lucky. If you're, if you're lucky, if you can stay healthy, forty three, and he was still healthy and he could still go. He played the other night in the Hall of Fame game. They had a Hall of Fame game in Canada. He played against his son. They had a whole thing where they had, uh, you know, and ev- the new inductees would play if they were still able to play, and they would play against, uh, basically in a pickup game yeah. in uh, Toronto. And Brodeur was still making saves, you know, on guys like St. Louis. 
So he could still probably make it. Maybe not as a starter. He could still probably be a backup in the NHL yeah, would, to this day. If an accountant can play in the NHL today, then Brodeur could play again. Hear that, kids? Every all the kids out there listening, even if you're an accountant, you can still make it in the NHL. Yeah, you don't have Thank to be you, Scott Brodeur. Foster. <laughs> Thank you, Scott Foster. So moving on to another Hall of Famer, Martin Saint Louis. And if you're an, if you're a new New Yorker, you know who he is. And if you're not, here is why he's famous. Score! Game seven! Martin St. Louis! We are going back to Tampa Bay! 2004. 2004 in the... It was the final? It was the the final final against Calgary. Which, if, if you're a Calgary fan listening, no, you did not win that series, even though the controversy is there. St. Louis sent that game back to a game seven. Overtime. That's probably one of the best best moments in a t- in Tampa Bay's history. Period. In their short history, but yes, they definitely have had some pretty good moments. That's up there. You know, you, that, without that goal, you wouldn't have won the cup. Oh, definitely not. And the the funny thing about St. Louis is you had that moment, and you have this great career playing with guys like Lecavier and Stamkos. Yet that's still not his favorite moment. I was looking at this and I'm like, is it, like that had to scoring that game winner had to be your favorite moment as a player. Most players' favorite moment. You come up with a huge playoff game in a Stanley Cup final to yeah. help out your team. Kids grow up dreaming about that. Yeah, exactly. And yet his favorite moment, it was twenty fourteen game six of the second round of the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So as the with the Rangers. And because for if fans who don't know his mother passed away, and he scored a goal on Mother's Day in overtime to beat the Penguins. As an and he gave so much back, and the city loved him for it. And we and he literally says there was no other time that I was ve- like to be happy than to score that goal for my mom on Mother's Day. And you know, if you listen back to the play, it's one of the greatest calls. Um, I think it's Stanley Cup playoff histories, and I think it go it goes something like, you know, on this day, St. Louis scores or something. It was really emotional for him, and, and he he said in an interview, he goes, it, "It it bothers me that many people who look at my career they look more on the Tampa Bay side, which is all respecting." He goes, "I'm a, I'm I'm inducted as a Tampa Bay Lightning, and I and he's he's the he was the first player ever to be retired, number to have be retired by the Tampa Bay Lightning, and deservedly so. Deservedly so. And he said, he's like, I just the the idea is he's what he said was." Is I'm I'm upset that a lot of people don't look at my career in New York. That that one run people frown upon because you know you didn't win the Stanley Cup. He didn't just because he didn't win doesn't mean he didn't have a good stint in New York. It may have only lasted 93 games, but that's because he was at the end of his career. And but even that fact aside, he still put up 60 points. Yeah, no, and you know, well deserved. And he goes and he said uh, in the interview. Little spark notes from that. He goes, I loved my time in New York. The city, the atmosphere, the fan base. And even though this may be just me looking back with nostalgic, but he goes, I love to play there. And he goes, I was very happy to say that I was a New York Ranger at the time, which is great. Yeah. You know, and I love I love that about when when somebody goes into the Hall of Fame and they look at their career and even though they say, you know, I'm going in for this. But I was also with these teams. Like, and, and I like how like, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for these other teams. this other team that I played for. 
I may have only stayed there a couple of years, but my time there was very special yeah. to me. And he also he thing. also went on to mention how he how he thanked Calgary for draft for um, picking him up because I think he he went undrafted. So, I believe he went undrafted, right? Mm-hmm. So Calgary gave him the shot to get in the NHL, and then when he went to ta- and he was traded to Tampa Bay. No, he was selected. He was selected in the expansion draft by Tampa Bay, and then he he flourished there, and then he ended in New York, and then he came back to Tampa. Where he went, where went after he retired, so you know St. Louis, I think that's those two players, him and Brodeur, well deserved, and everybody else on that list also, well deserved, maybe for even including Bettman in that. Yeah. So, and with that, we're gonna look at some other news actually, because over the over the week, the Blackhawks fired Joe Quenville, which I found to be very surprising. He has he's had tremendous success with the Blackhawks, three Stanley Cups. And a stretch of 10 straight years making the playoffs. I would have thought they'd give him a little more of a of a window because of what he's done in the past for them. It's been a rough year and a quarter for the Blackhawks. They've been struggling, but I think that's because their age is starting to catch up to them. Not all of that is Joel Quenville's fault. Yeah, now, the thing that I was I found interesting is when, I, when this came out, it was... It was it was completely out of the blue, really, but when you do some more digging, he wasn't supposed to be here this season. All news outlets said after last season that Joe Quenville and Chicago were gonna go their separate ways. If that meant retirement, if that meant you know just going to a different team because you know you sometimes just need new scenery after a while and new players to work with. But the Blackhawks, they didn't. You can't. How do you cut a guy like that that won you three Stanley Cups and that has made you into this great team, this dynasty? Because that's what it is. Yeah, it's a Chicago really dynasty. Put, it's not like Chicago was ever irrelevant because they're an original six team. They'll never be irrelevant. But he kind of put them back on the map. Yeah, he, in a way. Yeah, he gave them the opportunity. He, you know, you had guys like like um, everybody needs a coach. Guys like Kane and Taves and. Um, Duncan Keith and Seabrook. Keith and Crawford. You have all these guys, and you're like, you know, these guys are great, but you need somebody to bind them together and put them together. Now, Quenville was that guy. Now, it sucks that the way he went out because, you know, but there's no, I don't think there's a real right way to go about this. How would you, you come in, you, are you just going to come into work, you just cut the guy? It, it does, there's no way to go out on, to, to get rid of him. Especially with in all a he's done for way. Your- with all he's done for your franchise and you, even beyond it, for your city. Yeah. You know, it's Chicago has not, in the city itself, hasn't really had that much of a championship tradition until this little dynasty and, you know, the Cubs World Series. Yeah. And they had, they had some Bulls titles. They had yeah. a couple of Bears Super Bowl titles. But those were a while ago. They had a White Sox championship oh, a few again. years ago. Yeah. But you never really, you never really had, you know, that in like, especially from the two in the two thousand. For a while, Chicago was just like lovable losers, basically. Yeah, it was like you said, you can't hate an original sixteen. You could, they were never going to be irrelevant, but they were also going to be that. But do you think Joe Quenville will get another job as a head coach in the NHL? At some point this this season, I don't think so. But unless there's always. Unless something like inexplicable happens, but there's always teams at the end of the season that fire their coach, and Joel Quenville, I feel like would be, or at least should be, on the top of those teams' list. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree with you a hundred percent. 
Joe Quenville will have a job in the NHL eventually. And he will also be a Hockey Hall of Fame coach. Oh, easy. Easy. First first bid, automatic. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. Welcome back here to, on Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. I'm your host, Anthony Cavretta, and I'm joined alongside me is Ryan Kraut. And Ryan, what's wrong with the Kings? They have tremendous goaltending issues. Their goalies cannot stay healthy. It's basically what we saw with the Golden Knights last year, except the Kings don't have stud after stud coming out of nowhere to help them. Yeah, it's it's getting to a point where it's just scary now. I don't know. The Kings this season, everybody came in saying, oh, the Kings, you know, they're the same team as usual. Except they got a per- potential future Hall of Famer in Ilya Kovalchuk. So, yeah, that's going to put us over the top. No. No, it didn't. It, it did, did not. not help. It is not it really didn't help you. And, uh, you know, you lost You lost Quick, which, you know, Quick has been in. He's one of the better goaltenders in the NHL today. Um, I, would put him, I would put him in the top five best right now if it wasn't for the injuries. The injuries. He's been injured so much. And you know, he had a good backup in uh, Campbell. And now he's out four to six weeks. That broke earlier today. Um, he's on injured. They put him on injury reserve. They didn't state why. But now he will be out four to six weeks. And now from ne- from here forward, it, the, the guy who will be your starter for the LA Kings is looking to be Peter Boudet. Which makes, makes sense. He's really the only goalie they have at this point that has previous NHL experience. So I'd be surprised if it was anyone else unless they have some superstar they, goalie that they they're not did, telling us about. Well, here's the thing. They did bring up a, um, a pa- uh, P- Peterson from the AHL. He's got a he's a 2-3-1 two, record in the AHL. He has a 4.29 goals against, and he's got a .881 save percentage. So Not the best numbers, but he's a backup. Desperate times call for desperate measures is basically what the Kings are at right now. Yeah, so I don't know what it is. The Kings, uh, something's got to change. You know, I don't know if you need to bring, I don't know if you need to bring in somebody. Because you already, you already got rid of your coach. You know, again. Again. You got rid of your coach again. And, you know, with all these injuries, do, do you just say, I know it's really early in the season. It's really early. It's only it's only um, November. Do do you say or if you're the Kings, do you say scrap it, just scrap everything? And we'll at this point, I'd say no, just because of what they were able to accomplish last year, and you also saw what the Avalanche went through last year. They were in a a different situation, but they were still at the bottom of the league. And then the f- switch flipped, and they skyrocketed, and they made the playoffs. I don't know about that. It's if I were the the Kings are, have a, I think they have a really big age problem. They do. They're getting old. They're getting old too. They're getting old real fast, and it's not helping to be giving out these eight year contracts. It's not, especially when those eight year contracts are worth eleven million dollars a year, and you don't have any money to spend on the younger players who are becoming free agents. Kings, this is how we get lockouts. This is how we lose hockey that, for a year. That's it. You're giving out massive contracts for for guys who are probably not going to produce all those eleven those eight years for eleven million dollars. 
I think what they're hoping is that they'll produce for maybe five or six of those eight years, and they'll get they lock them up for in their prime, and then when they start to decline, it'll be towards the end of their contract, and then they'll go into free agency, and then they'll sign, if not with the with the Kings, then with someone else for maybe like two million dollars. I think the Kings need to figure out what's going on. Get this injury bug away from your team because you, you just lost your two goaltenders. You got nothing else. You know, you got 11 points the whole season. You know, you're 5-10. You're and 10. The only team, the only, the, the, uh, you're only two wins behind, you know, the next lowest team in the West, which is Vegas, who has seven, seven, seven wins and 10 losses. So... You know, it's not completely out of the blue to say like, "Hey, we're not we're we're not the worst team in the West, but you're the worst team in the NHL." You know, the Knights still have 15 points, and the Knights are they still have likes of Flurry who kept them in games all year last year. Yeah, you got enough. You got enough scoring power in Carlson, Marchessault, Pacioretty. When if Pacioretty decides to start get get going. So and, and the then Kings, Stastny when yeah, he comes back, when he comes back, and you know you got great defense still. You didn't really lose that many pieces over the. The off only season. thing you really lost was Nate Schmidt to a suspension. Yeah, and you know, but the the Kings are just not they're not doing great. So with that, we're gonna move on to our our regular schedule first segment, the Beast in the East, where we pick who we think is the ultimate team in the East right now, or one of the top teams in the East. And for me, that's the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, you know, the Blue Jackets, they sit, I believe they sit first in the Metro at the moment. Mm-hmm. So... Two points. They have a one-point lead over the Flyers, two-point lead over the Islanders. Yeah. So right now, and they got... Yeah, and then, they're, then they got two points over... They got one point over the... Yeah, you said... They had they, a big they one win in Washington the, the other day. Yeah. They're doing well, and I th- I credit this to a few good pickups and some good youth, and one of those good pickups was Anthony Duclair. Jin, here Duclair, blows a tire, still able to protect that puck, what a play, he's tied it up! The only thing that confuses me about this kid is, you know, he, w- he was in the Rangers for a short stint, he was traded to Arizona. Arizona did not like him. They wanted him gone once they had him. He say they they went on the record saying that he was a um, a, a hothead in the locker room. He was you know he was kind of full of himself a bit, and then they dealt him to Chicago, and Chicago had the same problem. So what I'm trying to figure out is because he's a, he's a great player. You know he's got seven. He's got seven goals, three assists, ten points. Only has a minus three right now. You know he puts up these good points. That goal that you that everybody just heard, he he was on his knees on, on his the knees. ice. I don't know how he was still able to stick handle this puck, but he personally, I know it's really early in the year, but that's got to be top three goals of the season. Oh yeah, no. I don't even know what's gonna happen the rest of the way, but that's got to be up there. Yeah, that was an incredible goal. And to me, I'm just like, wow, this, you know, where was the, because he showed talent on Arizona and he's, Chicago. He's a talented player, but. So, something clicked here. There and are a, it's good. Maybe it's the coach. Maybe it's, you know, Tortorella finally getting to him. Because Tortorella himself is a hothead. 
Yeah, I feel like that's part of the reason they may have brought him in because they knew the talent and they or they know the talent that Anthony Duclair has, and they they heard about his locker room issues, which a lot of fans don't hear about because it's in the locker room and a lot of that stuff isn't reported back. So him being a hothead and John Tortorella being a hothead, maybe they clash and Tortorella's just like, all right, this is what's going to happen. I'm in charge. And Tortorella put his foot down and Duclair respected that. Because well, you're not really hearing a lot of issues anymore. Then again, I also, um, I could be wrong, but I think he was also the coach in New York too at the time when Duclair was with the Rangers. And he was producing all, at almost at the same level. When he was in New York, and then he did. I think the whole problem was is that he was a locker room nuisance. That's why he was dealt to Arizona. Which could also be the reason that he's on a one-year deal and making $650,000. Yeah, so like maybe we can use you. We got to see. And, you know, even though you had the stuff, and just Columbus in general has been great, but that's to be expected when you got guys like Atkinson, yeah. Felino, you know. Pierre-Luc Dubois is coming out of nowhere. Yeah, no, that's that's that kid's a stud. He's he's got seven goals, five assists, and twelve points. He's doing well, and of course you got the bread man, on Temi Panarin. You know, even though he he legitimately he came out in the beginning of the season and said I don't want to play here, which must have been not a good look for for Columbus. You know, when you're when one of your best when your best when your franchise player literally said I want to go to when a I want to leave. That's obviously you don't want to hear that as a team. He's doing everything he can right now to prove that he's an elite player in this league and get get out not only get out of Columbus but get as much money as he can in the free agent market. Yeah, no. Now the question with that is with the assets and you know you, you always got their goaltending who is outstanding, you know, in Bobrovsky and uh, you know their backup and so, Corpusalo. Yeah, I was about I was like, should I say that name? I don't think I could say that name properly, but you know Corpusaro and. The only question is, does this get them over the hump? Because last they went to the playoffs, and they lost to the to the you know Stanley Cup champion. They lost the series. They should have won. Yeah, they were. What was it? They were. They were up two zero, and Washington was not playing. Washington was not playing well. Yeah, so I don't know. You should have just swept the leg. Should have gotten it over with. But for some reason, there I don't know if they choked or something. But it just it didn't look good. And the question is, can Columbus go back there? You know, because they may have to play, especially because you don't have to, you may not have to deal with Washington and Pittsburgh. Because right now, if the playoffs ended today, they wouldn't have to deal with them. They'd play. Neither one of them would be in the playoffs. Yeah, they would play the Islanders. If if the playoffs ended today, they'd play the Islanders. Which would be an interesting series. Very interesting, but I think. But do you think that if the if the season stays the way it is, everybody kind of stays in the same place, Pittsburgh doesn't get going, Washington doesn't get going. Do you think that Columbus can come out? And have a good and possibly win a series. They're the only team in the league that has not won a playoff series yet. Win win a series? Yeah, I don't. Yes, I don't know how far they're going to go, but they will win a series. I think because they're a young team. They're a talented team. They have one of, if not the best goalie in the league, in Sergei Bobrovsky, and all the teams behind them. They're either on hot streaks and then they burn out or they're this ridiculously talented team that's just not getting going like the Capitals and the Penguins so I think this is the Blue Jackets window but they need to win now because two their two biggest players in Panarin and Bobrovsky 
could be gone after this year. I, I think Panarin is gone. Panarin's gone. I can almost guarantee you Panarin is gone. You don't come out and say, I want to go somewhere else and then stay there. Yeah. Bobrovsky, they're going to do everything they can to keep him. They have a more than capable backup with Corpusalo, and he's absolutely capable of being a starter. But if you can keep a guy like Sergei Bobrovsky, you want him in the net every night. Yeah, he's he's a former Vezina candidate. Like, you want him. So I I think they'll make the playoffs if they continue what they're doing, and I think they have a good future of them, but it, it, there's a lot of question marks at the end of this season. So with that, what's what's your pick for the Beast of the East? My pick for the Beast of the East is actually the team that is one point back behind the Columbus Blue Jackets, and that is the Philadelphia Flyers. So the Flyers, they've been doing very well recently. They're on this. They got a nice streak going. Their captain, Claude Giroux, is leading them. He has a three straight multi-point games, which is impressive. Granted, he's Claude Giroux, and he he's can do a lot of good. And another one of the reasons that they are on this nice streak is because of this man. Voracek to Giroux. Back to Voracek. Cutting to the middle. Voracek a shot. Oh, what a save by Kemper as he flashed the pad out. Flyers trying to get the puck back and Voracek has it. Voracek cutting towards the net. Off to Gossesburg. He scores! A ghostly game winner. Flyers 5-4 victors. So Shane Gossesburg, for me personally, top 10 defenseman in the league. Oh, no, I agree with you. He's one of he's one of the best defensemen, and also as I'm as I'm sitting here and I'm looking at you know who this team has you know minus the giant gritty ads that are on this, the the website which, we're, which, which are not, terrifying. We're not, gonna talk about we're not gonna. But Nolan Patrick is doing really well too. Nolan Patrick is, I would say he's underrated, but he was the number two, two overall pick. Yeah, he's the 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 Eichel. Exactly. You know, not to use Jack Eichel because he's, you know, he's a great player. But, you know, he's the second pick. And Patrick's finally starting to get going. He had a rough time of it last year, getting adjusted to the NHL. But he's also part of the reason that the Flyers are on this point streak. They've gotten points in their last six games. Yeah, no, they, they clearly are where they are because you got great players who are finally coming to their, their work. And the only thing is, like, I don't know if this, I don't really know if they can keep this up. But then again, the Metro in itself has been very confusing because you have teams that shouldn't be at the top. And then you had the teams that were in the top earlier in the year, you know, that are down like Carolina and New Jersey. You know, I think last, but last week we were talking about them. Yeah, we were talking about Carolina last week. We were talking about the Islanders last week who are now on a little bit of a slide and the Flyers are taking advantage of their opportunity to, to get in the top of the standings, and that's why they're one point out of first place. Yeah, no, and the Flyers could easily, because they made the playoffs last year, they lost, I, I, didn't they, I believe they lost in seven. They lost to the Penguins. In seven. And, you know, they can go back there, and especially with how surprisingly weak the Metro is, I believe that they can go back to that. So with that next, when we come back, from this break, we will talk about the wild, wild west. You're listening to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. 
Welcome back to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. I'm Anthony Cavaretta. Joined alongside me is Ryan Kraut. And we're going to go talk about the wild, wild west. You know, which teams are looking very good in the Western Conference, who, in most people's eyes, is more stacked than the East. And my pick is the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars are finally, finally looking like the team that they should be. Because you look at this team on paper, and it's it's been since last season with a bunch of these great players, and they're finally looking like the Dallas Stars who can make noise. And they need to keep it up. I believe they can because they have the star power. They have Sagan, Ben, Klinberg, Shore, Radulov, who's Radulov, who was to many people when he was in Montreal, like, oh, he's not, he's he's a he's a KHL bust. You know, he's they, they he may look good, but he's not that good. He's finally coming into his own. You got Spiza, and you got Big Ben Bishop, who's finally back to being the goaltender he's capable of. Last year he struggled. First year in Dallas, but it seems like everyone's clicking this year for the for the stars. And Sagan just got a really nice contract extension, so he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Their captain Jamie Ben's leading leading them in goals. Yeah, no, it's they're finally clicking, and I think with the Western Conference, I believe you know they they're coming off of a bunch of games against Western opponents too, so. The the question is is that can they keep up where they're going because they they're in, they're sitting in fourth they're sitting in fourth with twenty points they're one point behind Winnipeg and you know they can catch Minnesota who's got twenty four points I think they can catch Nash- Nashville if Nashville decides to finally lose a game on the road but they're they're, they're the only, I think the only team left that's undefeated on the road but that's Nashville we already know why they're on the top but Dallas could and it's weird because there's this kind of a divide in the central division too because you have these three teams these four teams nashville minnesota winnipeg and then you have dallas and colorado who are kind of competing for like kind of neck and neck neck and neck and i think i think that'll come down to those two teams maybe one from the pacific competing for the real the wild card spot really because you know in the pacific it's even it's even more open because you have, you know, you have teams that you assumed were going to be on the top, like Anaheim and Vegas and L.A. at the bottom, and you got teams like Arizona, San Jose, Calgary, and Vancouver on top, which we don't know if they're going to fall or not. So the West is kind of open there. Yeah, and Dallas is currently in a wild card spot. They're, they have the first wild card spot, so and they're on a nice streak, six two and two in their last ten. So points in eight eight of their last ten games. That's that's pretty good. Absolutely. So, you know, you would think that you have and they got a schedule coming up. They they um Dallas plays Columbus tonight. Boston, they go on a little bit they go on a really big west trip. I mean east trip, I'm sorry. They go on a big east trip against Columbus, Boston, Islanders, Rangers, Pittsburgh, Ottawa. And then they start playing their their division rivals again. You know, they play Columbus, Edmonton, Calgary. So, I think if they can go on this west on this east trip Keep saying West. Um, Props prop for being an East Coast team, but you know you go on this East trip and you play Columbus. If you can beat, if you can beat f- four out of those six six games, great. There's a lot of winnable games in there too. You know you can with... play. You can if let's say for argument's sake you lose Columbus and you lose Boston, 
You can beat the Islanders, you can beat the Rangers, you can beat Pittsburgh, and you can beat Ottawa. Yeah, that's, the, that's... Only, the only thing I'm, I would be slightly concerned about is the fact that they're they're in New York for two days, then they go to Pittsburgh, then they fly home for one day. Next day they're in Colorado, and then they go to Western Canada. Then again, that's not really for them. That's not for Dallas. Not it's not that trip. bad, but just being on the road all that time and then coming home for one game, and then it's oh yeah, we got to leave now. Yeah, it's the way a lot of schedules are this season, though. You got you got those one home games, and then you're automatically back on the road. It's really weird. But you do have a lot of winnable games in there because the Penguins are very shaky so far this year. The Senators are their GM's just happy they're a team, especially with the controversy from last week's show. Exactly. The Islanders are on a slide. the The Rangers have been tank. They've been doing better, but they're still they're still they still haven't made up their mind whether they're going to decide to compete or not. And you got Colorado, which is going to be a real, really good game. Yeah, and then the Western Canada trip because it's Edmonton and Calgary. Of course, because in the NHL, if it's a division game, you're going to play better. Of course, there's so, more at stake. Yeah, you see, those points are more more important more important than you know the points you get against you know teams in another conference or another division. So to me, I think they can uh, Dallas can easily stay where they are. If not, go further. What about about your team? What is your team doing? So my team is the Minnesota Wild. And I actually picked this team a few weeks ago because they were on a hot streak. They were starting to turn it around. And everyone, mostly Anthony, said, no, Minnesota can't keep it up. You're crazy. They are currently 11-4-2, two points out of first. They're 8-2 in their last 10. They've won three in a row. And they just went on their longest road trip in franchise history and set a franchise record for wins on a road trip. They went 5-2 and two on their road trip. And part of the reason that they are where they are right now is because of Zach Parise. Parise back to Niederreiter. Off the post, Parise scores! Niederreiter floated one back across. I thought he was trying to pass to Parisi, but the puck caught the post, and the rebound fooled Johnson. Parisi buries, and Minnesota ties the game. So, Zach Parisi, do you think he's back to the Zach Parisi we saw in New Jersey? Yes. But you're going to hate me because I still don't believe Minnesota is going to be doing that good. Hey, you're entitled to your own opinion, but I'm not denying that they're not a good team. They're they're a very good team. Yeah, they came out of nowhere, absolutely nowhere, to be two points out behind Nashville, who has 26 points. Minnesota is the third best team in the league right now, which I I didn't even expect from them to start the season, but I I have faith in them. They have some real real good pl- players. They have. Devin Dubnik between the pipes. They they have Zach Parise, who looks like he's back. Eric Stahl, who scored 40 goals last year. They have got Mikhail Granlund. Jason Zucker has been a surprise this year. Their third leading point scorer. So that they have the pieces. They may not might not go all the way, and they probably won't go all the way. They could win a series or two. Okay. Now, I'm going to say, I said it, I believe I said it, the last time we spoke about the Wild, and I'm going to say it again. This team is 
I'm once again I'm going to use another um, metaphor. Hopefully you understand this one because last few weeks I, I never you or Nick your metaphors or your expressions, but this should be good. Let's let's hear what this is. They're a, they're a bridesmaid team. I believe you understand this one. Nope. God, you're gonna have to understand. Come on, you're gonna have Ryan. to explain. I'll explain. It there must be a Brooklyn saying or something. It's, it may. I be. mean, I spend enough time in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, but like, I don't talk to anyone. This, okay, so let me explain. A bridesmaid is always one step below a bride, so they'll never be. They they're usually never so they're, that. Team. They're up there, but they'll never be. They'll never at be the that. Top. They'll never, yeah, they'll never be that guy. They'll never be the one who who people are saying they're a cup contender. No, because they're just not. Even if you can even go back to the North Stars if you want to, and, and just for Minnesota in general, they are never. To me, they're never going to be there. And you know, you look at the team now. And you have the guys like Parise, who, as we heard, is one of, is probably going back to form. But even if you do well, even if let's say you get out of this next like home stretch, because you're playing teams like Washington, Vancouver, Buffalo, Chicago, Ottawa, and Winnipeg in the next week or so, let's say you win a bunch of those, you win like a few of those games. I don't see this. I don't see them doing anything with it. You know, whenever I hear the Minnesota Wild. And I'm waiting for them to prove me wrong. But when I hear the ter- the term Minnesota Wild, I think first round elimination, or they don't make it at all. They've always been, at least recently, they've always been this quiet team who s- secretly has like you never really hear about them, but they always secretly have like 94 points. And then you just look at the standings and you're like, wait, when did Minnesota get 94 points? I've heard nothing about them, and I feel like there's finally starting to say we're tired of being in the shadows because they're in the same division as Nashville and Chicago and St. Louis who's been good the last few years but it's kind of fallen off this year and with the reemergence of Colorado you're not hearing so much about Minnesota but they're always kind of in the shadow they're never really talked about but they're a team that can do damage and can win and they're they always seem to be in the playoffs granted they're always eliminated in the first round but it's a lot better than not making it at all. All right. So from from this point forward, and we'll probably be talking about Minnesota again in the weeks to come. The second half of the Minnesota Wild, I believe, will not be good for them. I believe this will stay for November and December when January hits the all around the All Star break. You'll start here. They'll start sinking down the standings again. They most likely, I think, they'll be a wild card team. So we will wait to see with that. And with that, we're going to go to a break. So when we come back, we're going to talk about our teams who are hot or it's just a burnout. You're listening to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. Welcome back to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. I am your host, Anthony Cavaretta. Joined alongside me, as always, is Ryan Kraut. And we're going to talk about if a team is hot and going to stay hot, or they're going to burn out. Now, my pick for this, which I believe has been a long time coming, the New York Rangers. It has been a long time coming. They've kind of been on that stretch of last year they were saying, at least if they weren't coming out publicly and saying it, all their fans were saying it for them, embrace the tank. Yeah, it was time. Uh, me and Nick have said it you were, several times on this show. There were times I saw you just walking down campus, walking around campus, and you would just randomly say, embrace the tank. 
Yeah, because it was it was the the culture. The team expressed the the team wrote in a in a press in a press release saying, you know, fans, bear with us. We're we're gonna we're gonna turn it. We're gonna do. We're gonna turn it around. We're gonna get back to the playoffs. Not now, but eventually. And I still believe that's true. I, I don't believe that it's t- like they're it's, bound to go back eventually. Yeah, they're gonna go back eventually. And you know, you're not gonna you're never completely taken when you have Henrik Lundqvist in net. So, but to me. You know, the, the Rangers now sit in fourth in the Metro Division with 18 points, tied with the Islanders for third. And they're one point, and they're only, and they're only two points behind Columbus first, and it's a very, very weak Metro Division. You know, you got teams like Pittsburgh and Washington who have not been doing anything yet. And there was a point where the Rangers, we just kept saying, oh, they're in last. This is, we got to get used to this. But the Penguins are below them now. The Devils in Carolina, teams but that the in, defending Cup champions are below them right now. Well, I still think Ovi is um, is drunk still from all the partying over the summer, so that's what I think. I think the championship hangover is just kicking in the Capitals, but the Rangers, you know, they 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 won four straight. They lost in an overtime loss to Detroit, so they got a point out of that, and then they get this amazing shootout win in Columbus, and their youth is coming through. Jimmy Vesey has the chance to be the hero. Waiting for the go-ahead. Here comes Jimmy Vesey with a chance to win it. Vesey scores! Rangers win! And by the way, all that crowd noise, it wasn't a, it wasn't at the garden. It was in Columbus. It was in Columbus. And you still got that reception because everywhere you go, there's a Ranger, there's Ranger fans. So it's like everywhere you go, there's like a Yankees fan or a Dodger fan, same thing. Yeah, same thing. So with that, the Rangers have been good, and their their team has been, you know, all these youth players who a lot of people were saying, like, oh, they're not going to hit their stride for a few years. You know, um, you had players like Anderson and Heedle that no one said, they said, oh, they're going to sit in the in the AHL for a while, which which, which Anderson, Anderson did. did, and he, st- he I think up until recently, when Zuccarello went down with an injury, because he's still out with an injury, which is a big loss for which them. is a, it's a big loss. But the fact is that people are coming are stepping up. Yeah, they Anderson have the pieces up. that if one person goes down, they can call someone up from the AHL who may not be this ridiculously huge household name, but it's just going to be a solid place filler. Yeah, and you got guys who are now, who are still in their prime, you know, Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, Matt Zuccarello, who now, is, when, when he comes back, he'll go right back into the lineup and right back into the position he was. Jimmy Vesey, who a few years ago, no one knew who he was. He's captaining Harvard. Yeah, not, no, not even. He was picked uh, a few years ago. When he was drafted. Well, when he was he drafted. He never signed. He never signed. He was drafted by Nashville, and he never signed. He's like, I don't want to play there. And then there was this whole thing about, you know, it was, it was like, there was like a little sweepstakes going on a few years back. About who's going to sign Who's going to sign Jimmy Vesey? And then the Rangers signed him, and everybody's like, oh, who is this kid? And as we just heard, he's, he's, a, great, he's a great player. He's one of the key factors in this team. You got Havel Buchnevich, once again, who's... was a player who a lot of people didn't know, and now he's back. And now he's actually hitting his stride. I think that's part of the coaching change now with um, Quinn coming in and being a great coach for the Rangers. You know, you got great young young players. Brett Howden, where did he come from? I believe he was part of the deal with um, for Rick Nash when Nash went when Boston when Rick, gave up way yeah, too much when Boston got fleeced in that trade. 
I think Howden was part of that deal. And Howden... He was actually he was drafted by the Lightning in 2016, 27th overall. Oh, so he was part of the um, Nemestikov trade. Then. Yes, he was part of the Nemestikov trade. Which he's doing well, too, but... Okay, so I, the wrong wrong trade because at that time the Rangers were trading with anybody and everybody who would listen. So, you know, he came over and I, I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. If Howden can come back and stay, and stay healthy, don't be surprised if his name is thrown around in the Calder. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's thrown around. I don't personally believe he's going to win it at this point. No, I believe they're like, It's definitely going to be Elias Pettersson personally, I think. But we'll get to that when, when the season like gets June. closer. That's in, like, May, June, June yeah. after the final and everything. But the Rangers, you know, Neil Pionk, too, has become— this great coast-to-coast goal the other night. Yeah, against Montreal. He went from behind, behind Lundqvist, and I love it because there was this one point where he's, like, halfway down the ice, and you see um, Mark Stahl who is probably one of the main veterans on this team still. And he literally, instead of, he was, like, in position to go down the ice, taking a pass, and Pionk just looks at him, and Saul just leans back up and goes, go. He knew that was going, he was going coast to coast. And he got, and it was like, it was a, like, an, it was a Bobby Orr goal, really. He was in the was air. Spinning all over the place and. Got behind Price. It was such a great goal. Winds up on his back yeah, at no. the end of it. And, you know, there's players like Tony D'Angelo still who are finally coming into their own, which is now proving that that step-on trade wasn't a complete loss. Because, personally, I didn't see the point for the trade besides getting I didn't Anderson. either. I was very surprised when they traded Derek Stepon. My brother was crying that day when, when they traded Stepon. And, you know, now Ranta and Stepon and Grabner are doing their own thing in Arizona. And you got Anderson, who we who was really traded for that. The trade was mostly for him to get that pick, which became Anderson. And D'Angelo, who personally I didn't really like in last season because he didn't really show anything, now he's starting to show why we, we why he came over. Do I think the Rangers will make the playoffs? No. I don't either. If they can, great. That'd, that'd be if a great they can, turnaround. I'm saying first-round exit because, as I said it before— also de- It also depends on who's— It depends on who they're playing. I believe now if they ended, they played, what, Tampa? If they play, I think they're in the second wild-card spot. So I would— I believe that they would be playing Tampa. Right now, if the season oh, they season ended today, it. they would not make the playoffs. I thought they would make it. No, they're only, they're only what are they? They're two points behind Buffalo, actually, for two that. Two points behind Buffalo, but actually right now their best shot is the Metro Division because they're, tie, they're tied with the Islanders, but they have one one more game played, So which, the, which makes Thursday's game even more meaningful. We'll get to that because I, that that is something we'll talk about later. But, you know... I think that'll. I think the Rangers could if they if they if they can stay the way they are, they can make the playoffs. They probably it depends on how weak the Metro is at the time, but I think they could be a spoiler. Really, they're gonna be that one team that if you beat that with like let's say if like Buffalo plays them and you would have beat the Rangers in like December, you would have made the playoffs. They're gonna be a spoiler. So that's why I, I think that they can be very good and they, this is a great turnaround for them. So with that, who's your hot or not? My hot or not is the Florida Panthers. Interesting. And I say that because they have they're on this four game winning streak. They're six three and one in their last ten. Granted, I, I do think it's just a hot streak. They're they're not going anywhere personally. Yeah, they're but, still last in the Atlantic. But granted, we didn't think they were going anywhere last year and they missed out on the playoffs by one point. Yeah. So they're 
They got one of the greatest goalies in all time, of all time, excuse me, in Roberto Luongo. And Mike Hoffman's clicking. He's on a 12-game point streak. Evgeny Dadunov's on an 11-game point streak. You got a stud for a captain in Alexander Barkov. And you're just on a, a nice streak right now. And they had a pretty solid win the other night over the Islanders, a game that was pretty hard fought. That was. That, it was they, a great that they came out with. And I still don't think it's going to amount to anything, personally, because Florida is, granted, personally, I think they're kind of irrelevant. I was looking at the aerial shot. I was watching the Islanders-Panthers game the other night. I was looking at the aerial shot. There is nothing around that stadium. Oh, my God. It's just a parking lot. It's in a, it's such a very bad place, it's in too. A, it is in a very bad location, and I, I don't really see the point of having the Panthers there, but since they are there, they're going to at least put up a fight. They're not that far out of a wild card spot. If they keep this hot streak up, then maybe they have a chance. I mean, they... They did get I think a nice dep- pickup with Mike Hoffman. Yeah, I think it depends. And they didn't really have to give up a lot to get him from San Jose. Yeah. No, they, it was a flip, really. What, did they give him, like, a seventh rounder? Yeah, it was There was nothing. I remember talking about that when we fir- in our first show of the season. That was nothing. So. Keith Yandel's returning to form. He's got 12 assists. He's second-leading point scorer on the team. Yeah, he's one, of the be- he's one of the better players on the team now. So, well, with that, let's look at the games tonight. You know, we got we actually got a few games match when we got our games of the week. First one up is Rangers and Canucks. This is actually going to be a very good matchup, I think, because would, the Canucks. It's going to be a lot better than I had. If if I looked at this game, the day the schedule came out, I would be. And eh, it was like it was an wow. Eh Vancouver's playing the Rangers, and and there's nothing. There's not even here. Vancouver is first but, in the Pacific but, now. But today, Van- with Vancouver being first in the Pacific, as you said, and the Rangers being gr- really two points out of first place, they're hot right now. They, you know, they really they they should be on a five game win streak. You know, if they didn't lose that one game against Detroit in overtime, but still, you still got a point out of that. And so it's not a total so, loss. So they're on a nice point streak. Yeah, they're on a nice point streak. So coming into this game, they're going to be good. So I think that's a great matchup. And then with and so I think the Rangers are going to take that though. It's going to be close. I think they take by a goal. I, I'll go with the Rangers because of the fact that it's at the Garden. And they, they've they got the crowd behind them, and they're on that this hot streak right now. So they're going to get more fans to come in because they're on the hot streak. So I, I'm going to go with the Rangers. Next matchup, Hawks-Hurricanes. I'm going to give it to Carolina because they're still— Chicago's still kind of getting adjusted with their new coach who is in his first coaching job in the NHL, really. He's— 33 didn't retire that long yeah, ago. And they're also gonna, he's coaching players that are older than him. Yeah, he's going to have to they're going to have to still Build figure that, that respect out. So I think we we both agree it's going to be the Hurricanes. Yep. And with that both of our picks from earlier in the show are going to be against each other. Both my picks are going to be against each other. It's the Jackets versus the Stars. I think the Stars take that. I think the Stars take it too. They're in they're in Dallas. Dallas is on this night nice streak. I think they'll take it. And then final matchup for tonight Preds, Ducks. Predators. Predators. Done. They're on the road. Done. That, They've never it. lost on the road. That's it. It's done. And with that, we have our game of the week, which I think we may have the same one. Islanders, Rangers. Yep. Not just because... And not just because, I, I will you not, know, it's I will an Islander fan not, and a Ranger fan. Not because fan I'm here. an Islander fan, not because it's against the Rangers, but because 
they're both tied. Those games are always more chip chippy, like I said last week with the Penguins and the Capitals, which, by the way, I was right game of the week, personally. Okay. But the with what, what's on the line, granted, it's only November, but These whoever wins this game though. is, whoever loses this game, rather, is not currently in a playoff spot. Yeah, it's that So close. it has a, there's a lot riding on it, and there's, the Rangers are also looking to beat the Islanders for the first time regular season and preseason in two years. I think it's the first time. I think the Rangers still haven't beaten them in the Barclays Center either. Which is surprising because everyone beats the Islanders in the Barclays Center. Well, the Rangers have not beaten them in the Barclays Center. But here's the thing. I'm not going to say who wins that. Because every time we say who wins on this show, I'm always wrong. So I'm not going to say who wins that game. I'm just saying it's my game of the week. You can just pick it's, whoever. It's my game of the week, too. I, I still think it's the Islanders just because of the the streak that they have going. They haven't lost to the Rangers in two years. That's so upsetting, but yeah. Granted, the right. Rangers are overdue, but the Islanders still haven't lost in two years. And that's with their goalies keep... they Their goalies keep rotating over those last two years. They've had at least three different goalies in the last two years. They've had Halak, Grice. Now they have Leonard, who we're not sure who's going to be in net on Thursday. But that's going to be a great game to watch. So for both of us, the game of the week, mark it on your calendars. It's going to be Rangers-Islanders at Barclays Center. And with that, thank you for listening to Post to Post here tonight. For everybody here at Post to Post, enjoy some hockey and have a great night. You've been listening to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org.